Ah, Mountaineer Nation, we're back out here on the porch. Nice to do it after a victory. Been a long time and a lot of therapy for the fellas, but we're glad to talk about a victory over those purple horny toads, as Zach would say. And uh, we're on to Iowa State, as the as the guru in the hoodie, Bill Belichick, would say. So we're excited to kind of talk about Matt Campbell's clones. CJ's going to give you an interesting comparison to a legend of our own with Matt Campbell. We're going to break down the, the ball game here this this Saturday, 2 p.m. kick on ESPN+. Plus. So get your broadband ready. Always an adventure in the Mountain State when we're on the uh, the streaming services. But you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab the coffee, fill style. If it's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back because we're getting ready to talk all about the attack of the clones, their invasion on Morgantown. But we'll be ready. Let's go. Fellas, 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 fellas. No need to get on the couch. We're back. Are we back? I know people want to say we are. Let's slow the roll a little bit, pump the brakes a little bit. But I'll tell you this right now. The fact that uh, we're sitting here and are now, what, three and four and a big win over a top 25 team at home away from being four and four and right there back in the, uh, the conversation for a bowl feels pretty good. By the way, everybody, recording this on Monday night, so Gino is in action. You might get a little commentary about about our old boy there. Uh, you know, now wearing number seven for the Seahawks in this sweet, sweet unis. Probably the best uniforms in the NFL, I'd have to say. I wouldn't disagree. Yeah, they're they're fresh. They really are. As long as they're not wearing lime green. Oh, don't don't hit on the lime green. Not, come on, CJ. I'm going to hate on those lime green. They're hitting. CJ, who do you talk? What are you talking about? You like the Dolphins with that ugly ass teal and orange? Come on, get out, get out of here with that comment. Yeah, but I'm at least, sorry. At least mine don't look like they're battery operated. I'll That's take the battery operated. Exactly. So, guys, you know, we're, we're let's think about this real quick. I kind of want to feel it out here. We're 48 hours removed from Saturday night. Um, you know. Zach, I'll ask you because you you last week you decided not to defer. I'm kind of hoping you decide to not defer again this week. But uh, kind of let's let's get some thoughts here, fellas. What are we thinking about what we saw Saturday night? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Not only is it nice to get a get a win again, but nice to get a win on the road. That was the first road win at the time in 694 days. So we hadn't won a road game since we went down there and beat them. The last time. That's right. 2019. Hmm. Intriguing. And you know when our next you know when our next road game is, by the way, too? That would be Be versus the Purple Cats, which was our road win that we got prior to this TCU win. Mm, hmm. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Maybe we could book in them a little bit, just saying. Keep it alive. I like it. Um, but Zach, yeah, I mean what, six hundred and ninety-four days? It's crazy. <laughs> Winning on the road though is nice. I love the old the old school road uniforms, essentially, with the blue helmet, the white jersey, and the gold pants, man. We look like 
the Mountaineer football team of yesteryear, and we played that old-school style, I thought, as well. A lot of ground and pound. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Zach, you got anything more for me there, man? I know you hit me with the 694. You got anything else before before we, you know, decide to let you kick the ball down to CJ and let him kind of take it a little bit? Matriculated up the field. Got the West Virginia scoregami. First time a game finished 29-17. See, the scoregami thing is just such a new, interesting little thing. I'd never really heard of it until, what, I mean, when did this really start happening? Like a couple years ago now? I mean, I it first became aware to me probably two or three years ago, something like that. But I think it's awesome. I think somebody keeping track of all this stuff is fun as hell. <laughs> it is. It is. I love now, numbers. I, now, Zach, let me ask you. Big had, math guy. Had had Casey. You're, you're you're an analytics dude, of course. That's uh, I feel that. Um, had Casey like made the field goal, would we still have had the score, Gami? Thirty. What so thirty two seventeen? That's another yep. kind of weirdo score. I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but I don't yeah. know for sure. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, well, we got the score, Gami, with the twenty nine. We didn't get over the thirty, which is what everyone wants to see, and I know you included. Yeah. But hey, twenty nine and a win, I'll take it. That was that was one of my other uh, comments that I was going to make. Not scoring thirty, but we got crushed by the by the announcer Jinx. He talked about how Leg had missed a kick. Then what happens? Of course, Boom. the kick gets a blocked. So. Yeah, technically didn't miss it, but he did miss it by all, for all intents and purposes. So that kept us from getting the thirty. That broke his uh, perfect streak season. So thanks a lot, announcer. <sighs> Never fails, man. Never fails. Our boy Brian Custard, there, CJ. Did you learn In how general. to say it? Custard. Custard. <laughs> <laughs> so CJ, I mean, is there any thunder left there? Did we take it all from you? No, uh, I mean, not all of it. I mean, it is good. <laughs> not to, all of it. <laughs> not all of it. I mean, it, it, it's good to be sitting here to, to not be in a therapy session. Um, you know, Zach and I were starting to go broke, penniless, and homeless over the therapy bill. Oof. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not cheap, y'all. Yeah, but, I mean, it was good to get a win. Um, I like exactly how you put it. You know, I loved what I saw in the uniform combination, old school, get back to basics. Um, that might be the best the offensive line's played all year. Um, and not one person came off the field. The starters played the whole game. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was it was fantastic. They did a lot of things we wanted to see, which was, you know, get some push on the offensive line, clean up the penalties. Um, the big thing, no turnovers. You know, we were three for five for touchdowns in the red zone. It's another thing we had harped on. Um, you no, know, I mean, it was CJ, I know we said three for five in the red zone. Do you have that verified? Because – I was rewatching. Yeah, I've got it according to the the official stats that came out of West Virginia. Okay, three for five on touchdowns in the okay, run. okay. Because I, there was a couple of times where I wanted to put a field goal down, but then I realized like it was a thirty eight yarder, and then there was one other opportunity there too, and I'm like, well, okay, that was actually we didn't officially get in the red zone, um, but but you know we did have to kick a couple of times down there. And by the way, fellas, had we gotten the two point conversion? What would the score have been? I'm just saying. Do, do you remember what my score was on uh, last week? That happened to be 31-17. You're right, Zach. You're right. Mine was 27-17, so we split that one. We did, man. Split the difference. Sold score. <laughs> Gami got the best of us. Um, <laughs> it was great to see the way we punched in, punched it in, in inside the red zone, especially to finish off that amazing drive. Um, what, 16 plays, 94 yards. I mean – when Letty and I tell you what, when we went for it on fourth and one, I will not lie. I initially was like, "Go for it, and you'll go for it." 
And then like, as like we were sitting there at the line and we like did a check, I'm like, Oh man, just take the points, take the points. I'm glad he went for it. Um, and I think that was a huge momentum boost for us for the remainder of the football game. And especially for that offensive line. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, they had been maligned, and I think they they really came out with something to prove, and then they felt like, you know, they kind of got into a rhythm nicely um, in that and, you know, being able to stay without having a lot of the stupid penalties or sacks. I mean, well, two sacks all day, you know, they were able to kind of stay, as we call it, on script, right? They were able to stay in front of the chain, stay on time, and I think that really helped them in that regard too. Yeah, absolutely. Now, guys, I kind of want to get into it real quick, kind of chronologically, kind of talk a little bit about the game before we move on to next to next Saturday um, in, in this big ball game with Iowa State. But, man, you know, obviously the opening kickoff, um, going and, and TCU housing that thing, I mean, everyone in the building is just like, ho, oh, oh, ho, oh, ho, wow. I was at Guys Night Out out there in Charleston, a great event, by the way. If you've never went, something to look into. Um, they had it sync with Caridi, by the way, on the, on the, with the TV call. Um, and so it was kind of, it was kind of amazing. You just, but you just heard it and saw it come up to the middle and you're like, wow, okay. Uh, not the best start. And obviously, you know, we kind of, uh, had a little breakdown there, um, on that play. I don't know if you guys saw it, but 45 was just too interested in hitting this guy and not looking at the tackler. Uh, and then they ran it right up the middle like that truck just ran through where, where CJ's doing this podcast from. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a tough way to open the game. Um, yeah, but both both teams have guys that they like in the return game. Um, you know, and sometimes those happen. Uh, Neil's talked about it. You know, there's been times they've had some breakdowns in coverage there. It, it's not a good way to start, but it, at the same time, though, it was kind of nice. The defense, you know, the offense comes out, you move the ball, you get points, and it, then it kind of felt like, you know, the defense kind of locked in. Like, it didn't It didn't feel like it took the air out of the sideline like it could have. Um, so, I mean, it was kind of nice to see him still kind of locked in and offensively go down and get some points so it doesn't feel like it gets totally away from you and all the momentum shifts, um, you know. But they'll, they'll put it on film. They'll clean it up. That, you know, that, that, was, the, that was the only real big play they had in the return game all day. So, oh, absolutely. We let them have. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you kind of felt like on those pooch kicks, like I kept feeling like, man, we may get a turnover on one of those the way oh, they kept mishandling mm-hmm. them. Man, we got, we got real close. Uh, a couple times on those pooch kicks there. I'm fine to keep doing that. I mean, they didn't get it beyond the 30 on any of those. I mean, you're going to get the same thing with the touchback essentially as you got with the pooch kicks. So why not? Yeah. Five yards difference. I mean, I'm all for that, Zach. I agree with that. Um, you know, as long as you're executing it and not kicking it out of bounds, mm-hmm. I think it's something worth looking into. Yeah, but it was funny because the MC just came over the thing and said, well, that sucked, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, there's no other getting around that. <laughs> that kind of sucked. Um, I, so, I will say too, after after that kicker turn, I'm like, Jesus, you come off the bye, you're desperately in need of a win. What worst way could you could you want this game to start? And they bounced back. I mean, they they really responded. Like CJ said, they came back and scored. Obviously, it was a field goal, not a touchdown. But it's it's better than just going back punting back to him or something like that, and you're really deflated at that point. So I think that they responded really well and obviously carried out through the rest of the game. 
I would agree. I would agree with that, Zach, because we did respond that next drive. And, you know, the big play on that drive was that phenomenal adjustment by Sean Ryan and a great ball thrown by Daigie for about 45 mm-hmm. yards, kind of put us in position. And I'm going to be honest, when I saw that play, it kind of in my mind said, okay, we're here to play today, you know. And I thought that was an absolutely huge, huge um momentum momentum shift in the football game for us granted we don't score the touchdown there and we kind of did what we've done all year but i think it kind of just it allowed us to like cj said and earlier kind of settle in and know okay hey we're here we're here for a fight here and then the defense shut them down and then you have the big drive uh, of 16 plays and, and cap it off and then okay here we go let's go yeah, they were they were there for business for sure, and they didn't let that kick return touchdown get them off course. Obviously, it was a it was a kink in what they were looking to start the game to do, but it didn't affect them. And that was that was impressive. So their resolve throughout the game was awesome to see, and they stuck to the game plan. They stuck to business, and they, I mean, I think they performed in all three phases. Take away that that kick return touchdown they allowed, which that is disappointing in that regard because. Neil talked about it later on that that was a point of emphasis for them. They were really trying to make sure that Davis didn't hurt them in the return game. But unfortunately, that's just how it started from there. The kicking the kicking allowed it to where they wouldn't even have a shot to return one. So that kind of took that out of the equation. I mean, but I think I think they just they did what they had to do overall. And that was good to see. You know, Zach, it's funny you mentioned that because really we we we're, we always kind of harp on special teams for us because we do kind of need it to be good, right? That was probably one of our worst efforts special teams-wise of 2021, um, and yet we were still able to win a game on the road. I thought that was big. Um, yeah, fellas, well, and then and then you, you had, you know, technically five possessions in the first half, and you scored on all of them except for the last one, which was, you know, the one play essentially kneeled down to go to the half. So, I mean – you know, that that was good to see out of the offense. You know, it wasn't, you know, our, our punting unit didn't see the first half, which was which is a big deal. Oh, absolutely. As much as I love Tyler Sumter, we, we can't have that all the time. Um, you know, we, we like to see him on the sidelines just cheering, cheering for, the, for the old offense a little more than anything else. I'm going to tell you this, though, too, guys. You know, we talked about the defense being big. On that drive there that kind of set the momentum for them for the rest of the game, you know, TC's moving the ball a little bit around midfieldish, and then you have the huge sack there of Duggan when uh, Bartlett kind of moved him off, moved him out of the pocket, and then and then Dante came in there to clean it up. They had to punt it; they punted inside the six, like we talked about. And then the ninety four the ninety four uh, yard drive of sixteen plays occurs, and it's like, all right. But I think that sack along with that drive really just kind of showed, hey man, we're here to play tonight, and and everything else kind of followed suit. We, I, I think I'm with you, Blaine. I think that really did kind of set the tone. We're here. Um, you know, that, that drive was very reminiscent as it was going on. I was kind of thinking back to the Oklahoma game, that opening drive where it was just methodical and it was punishing. I mean, it took up almost eight minutes. It drained for all intents and purposes the, the rest of the clock there in the first quarter. Um, you know, but I, I, that really set the tone, and that that to me, I, coming out of that drive felt really good because the offensive line was getting pushed. They were doing what they wanted, they were executing, and it was like, all right, we're here, we're in this thing. We've got some passion, we got some fight. Now let's execute and go get this thing done. It's like you talked about earlier, and in, in, you know, last week in the the preview episode there, CJ, about 
the ability to have some fire under our belly. And we definitely did that. And reminiscent of the Oklahoma drive, great point on that too. Um, Zach, I kind of want to tee you up here real quick for something. I um, know what's coming. I think you know what's coming, and that's before, the third before, drive. Before oh, you do boy. that, though, let me let okay. me hit something on yes. that drive you just you just mentioned the second offensive drive. I really enjoyed seeing Tony Mathis bring something to the table. He had he had some juice on that drive, especially yes, sir. Throughout yes, the third Zach. Really, really nice to see somebody compliment Letty in the running game because we need that. I mean, Letty is very good. Obviously, be better if the offensive line was more consistent, which it was in this game. Hey, and maybe that's terrible. a sign for the rest of the season, you know? I like hope so. TCU's defense is not right. great against the run, but let's that, hope. That's the question. You yep. want to see it happen again against a team that's not quite as deficient in that area. But obviously they did their job. That allowed Letty to do his job in a big way. But Tony Mathis being able to provide, you know, a dozen carries, get a really good move, movement up the field. He, Like I said, he had some juice. Like he was, he was bursting out there, and it seems like he's healthy. I guess he had some issues. <laughs> With a knee earlier on the season, so yeah. he looks like back healthy. That's that's a yeah, huge benefit for us to have Tony yeah. Mathis. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, he looks healthy and running with a purpose. And it well, could I mean, really save Justin Johnson's red shirt. Absolutely. You know what? They hey, here's the thing. I mean, guys, we've we've only we've only got you know five more games left in regular season. So you get by this one Saturday, you can play, guys. Mm-hmm. And they don't lose that red shirt anyway. Jalen Anderson, wink, wink. Yeah. Hey, you know, Jalen, maybe Johnson um, might get another – a little more run. But I'll tell you this, though, too, Zach, about that part that you talked about there with Mathis, right? Had three consecutive carries of 11, 7, and 5. I mean, you think about that real quick. Three for essentially 20, 23 yards. So, close mm-hmm. to right at eight yards a pop. Like you said, had a little bit of juice. Loved seeing that. Also on that drive, I liked how in the big play for me, Daigie kind of extended a play on a third and five, hit Esdale on the sideline, made a little spin move there, got up the field, and then we gave it to Mathis three straight plays. And then we finally we were into their their red area there, essentially almost after those Mathis carries. And then we kind of grounded them out with Letty. Right, set the table for Letty to get a breath and then yep. finish them off, which was awesome. I mean, that that's what a long drive is made of. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Zach, I know you hit on Tony. Now I'm going to tee you up for your boy, GG. And, and, and my question to you on this is because I've talked to a guy who I respect his football acumen, um, and he said, man, Garrett Green did not impress me even with that big play because he got a little bit lucky. They only had five in the box. And I'm like, man, as much as I love you, amazing play. But he said, ah, but then the rest of the drive broke down the red zone. He didn't didn't finish it. Said he didn't didn't do well on the read there. Um, I, I, I want to get your feelings there on that Garrett Green drive. I mean, the big play was huge. The longest run by a quarterback at West Virginia since our boy number five, old Patrick White, was uh was making plays. I mean, tell me what you thought about that. So that was actually one of the things I had in my notes, of course, you know, talking about the Garrett Green run. Um, I understand that the defense, the way it was set up with only five men in the box, it was conducive to allow Green to bust that run. But at the end of the day, he still has to do it. It's not like he ran it 15 or 20 yards. He busted it for 67. So, yeah, the defense let it happen as far as how they were set up. But he made the play. And not everybody's going to do that. So, you got to credit him for that. Beyond that, you know, the rest of the drive didn't pan out how they probably would have liked to make it the rest of the way down the field, but you know, they put him in the 
in the game where to that point Daigie was actually playing well, I was kind of like, why are you taking Daigie out of the game at this point? And then of course Green breaks the run, and I'm like, okay, I guess that's why. But I was I was cool with how Daigie played at that point, so I wasn't overly thrilled with seeing Green at that time of the game because of that reason. So it kind of confused me, but I guess it was a third drive of the game to be able to get Green on the field see what he could do. But you know, if he misreads, if he didn't make throws that he should have, if he didn't make you know option decisions that he should have, I guess that may be one reason he didn't get into the rest of the game, which was what I was confused about. He makes such a game-breaking play, gets you in scoring position after starting within your own ten. I'm like, why wouldn't he see the re- see the field the rest of the game? But I'm sure Brown had a reason why. I I heard on another uh, West Virginia podcast, the 24/7 guys. Um, they were talking about some body language and some kind of facial expressions and things like that that Brown had with Green on the sideline after that drive that made it seem like maybe he didn't do something he was supposed to do, maybe an option on a Mathis uh, potential handoff on one of the plays once they got into the um, – I think it was second down, Zach, and I think I remember territory. that now. I remember okay. that. Maybe that was well, his, his yeah, part was... pissed off Brown. I don't Be- know. Because if you think about it, I mean – he has a 67-yard run, and then we don't get anything else in, in case he comes out and makes the field goal. Um, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know anything about the body language part there. I, I didn't, I didn't catch that. Um, no, I missed it too. They might be, they might be grasping at some straws there too. I think it's just Neil is very much, um, and he's going to harp on it with Green. Man, you have got to make the right reads. I think he loves, I think he loves the kid and wants the kid to be successful, but he just. He's got. He's got to make. He's got to run the offense the way it's supposed to run, um, or he's not going to see the field. Yeah, it's uh, Stouffer, the color analysis. I, I love the way he put it. It's the academic part of it now, allowing the routes to develop and trusting what you see, um, and allowing those to develop. Um, the I, the thing I loved about the sixty seven yard run is, yeah, the, the offense was the defense alignment allowed that he made the right read. He makes the play. The one thing I loved is he got out of bounds. Don't take the stupid hit. Yeah, it's not a bad thing, especially for I, you. I love that. And, yeah, I mean, the Tony Mathis one didn't look like it might have been the right read, but I can kind of see why he handed it off, too. It, it, it was kind of one of those, I think it, it's one of those that it's it, – you go back and it fell and you go, okay, you pull it, but at the same time, live speed. That one, to me, didn't seem that egregious. And then – the, the play with Winston, right, that little jet sweep shovel pass, you block that up a little bit better, Winston Wright walks into the end zone. So, and, yeah, I don't know about the body language stuff either. I mean, it looked like it didn't look like it got anything above just two guys talking, but yeah, who knows. But I think a lot of it with Deggy was – the reason you didn't see Green come back out, I think Deggy was in a rhythm and you're just going to roll with it. Yeah, CJ. It actually ended up being a uh, a keeper that Green had rather than handing it off based on my understanding. I vaguely remember it. I'm just going off what they talked about in the podcast. But at the end of the day, I get that he's not making the perfect decisions, and that's fine. I get that. You're not playing him every snap, and obviously these are the reasons why. But for him not to see the field the rest of the game is kind of weird. Like, I understand the day he played well for the most part. He had his issues. He had – multiple throws that should have been interceptions. Thankfully, that that situation was rolling in our favor this game for once. 
for we'll get, once. We'll get more Hallelujah. You know, we'll get more into that part of the game later. But Jesus, it really feels like most of the time it's going against us, at least as far as, far as this season is concerned. But thankfully, Dayton got away with a few, uh, a few throws that just should have been picked off, plain and simple. But I just don't get Green not seeing the field the rest of the time, even even in spots. It's just kind of weird. I think I think maybe he's getting some uh, some tough love here. Hey, you know what? I think it's important that a guy who's going to be the leader of your entire football team occasionally has that on him, you know, has to kind of be reined in some because I think Green, as great as that 67-yard run is, you know, you have to play within the framework of the offense. And if you don't, you know, you're not – again, you're not going to see the field. I mean, that's just the way it is. Zach, I do want to say something real quick, though. Deggy maybe made one throw that I would argue that should have been picked off. Maybe one. When he threw into like the two or three dudes there, I thought that was a little bit little bit risky. Other than that, I think he played a damn good football game. Well, he had the one on the first drive there at the end zone that got deflected. Up. Right. That that one was a little bit into traffic. But, I mean, I thought overall Deggy was in a rhythm. He played well. Yeah, he had a couple of throws that it's like, ooh, I don't know if I'd have made that decision. But – you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Blaine. I think overall, I think he was playing well. I think he was in such a rhythm, though. I think Neil hesit- was got a little more hesitant. And then, you know, who all knows what all went with the whole green thing. But I think when you see him playing that well and you're getting that big of a push with the offensive line, you're just going to continue to roll with the hot hand. Yeah, exactly. And and so, fellas, you know, we, we see Green's able to get that big run. You know, Deggie had looked good before then. It's 13-7. Duggan comes back out. And he gets a touchdown. Great, great catch by the wideout. By the way, on that on that touchdown play, so Ty Barber, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a hell of a catch. Um, and he played a much better game than Quentin Johnson. They they kept giving him pub, um, but man, I mean, if you think about it, a couple of his plays um, might have cost TCU the game. Uh, to be honest, but I, I kind of want to get into that last touchdown drive for us before the half to make it twenty to fourteen. Um, you know, what did you guys think watching that? You know, they just come back and score. And then I kind of want to get a little bit of a feel for what you guys thought there on that drive as well. A big, big response by us um, in that spot. Um, but kind of, you know, w- what did you see out there on that one? Well, one play that definitely impressed me, we talked about Green's ability to run. I don't think we ever talk about Dave's <laughs> ability to run. We really don't have a reason to, but to his credit, one play that he made, he – Got out of the pocket, scrambled, got away from some pressure, and had a nice little scamper. I don't know necessarily that he uh, he should have fallen when he did or how he did. But oh, he dove. He, he, he was he was going he was going John Elway in the middle. Let's of the field. Uh, let's let's not even credit that with calling it a fall. I think he kind of like half trip, half dove. It was a <laughs> I don't know I don't know what you'd call it, but it's not the most graceful of. It, uh, it was the out. most un- unathletic dive ever. Hey, but you know what? He ended up pounding it in there with the sneak the next play and got the first down. Right. And Showed then the toughness finished off that uh, that first down play. And then we got the big pass play. And he's done it a couple times this year on that kind of that, that combo route there where the one one guy's running to the corner, the other guy's kind of flattened it out. 40-yard pass down there to Winston Wright. Got us within the 15-yard line. Um, then had perfect the big ball. The, yeah, perfect ball. Then had the nice little play to Bryce Ford Wheaton. We didn't get it. And I remember everybody's like, oh, my gosh, like, not not this again. But then Letty banged it in from, you know, from a yard out. And, um, 
you're feeling real good 20 to 14. I do want to real quickly, though, hit on something real fast after that. Any, um, the fact that we were able to hold them to that field goal, when Patterson kicked the field goal after the delay game that they called, when they decided not to go for it, I feel like that was the play of the game because we kept the lead going into halftime. Mm-hmm. We had all the momentum. If they if they end up finishing off that drive, and you know it's a it's a ten play you know eighty yard drive for a touchdown to take the lead back, I'm not so sure the second half goes the way it does. But when he decides to kick the field goal, I kind of felt really good at that point in time about our chances in the second half. It's weird too because, like, why would you? You wouldn't expect a timeout in that situation by the defense to make your decision about whether or not you go for the touchdown or not. It's just kind of strange, but it made a difference. It, it definitely made a difference because you think if they ended up scoring a touchdown there, they go, you know, what, 24 to 20 at the half. And instead of being 20, up 20, it would have been 21-20, Zach. Oh, that's my, my fault. 21-20. Yeah, 21-20 yeah. at the half. And instead of at the end of the game us being up by 12, we're only up by eight. It's a one-score game. So it, it, it really makes a huge difference in the long run. I think you're right on that one. I mean, any anything could have happened at that point in time. And, and Zach, I, I think that kind of, you know, Brings us to our next our next point, which is like, man, if you, if they're winning twenty one to twenty, are they going to make that throw, um, that that Daryl Porter intercepts there, you know, on that third and four when when Johnson kind of flattened out that right out route there, you know, mm-hmm. are you gonna are you gonna throw the football there? You might not. You might kick it because you're, you know, you're. I don't know. You might just change the way. You might have changed the way. Obviously, they called that game in the second half. And uh, like we talked about earlier, man, the football gods finally shone and shined down upon us on Saturday there in Fort Worth. Three turnovers, a couple big picks. I want to get a take here real quick from you guys. Was that more Max Duggan um, making bad balls, bad decisions, or do you really think our DBs made some big plays there? I kind of want to get y'all's takes. I, I think – I'm sorry to cut you off, CJ. I know I've talked – the last few times responded, but I really think it was us making plays. I think they were jumping passes. I think they were getting after it. I think it was us being more opportunistic than it was them making mistakes. Yeah, I, I think it's a mixture. I, I, you got to give Porter a ton of credit on that out route. That's that's understanding down and distance and, and where the sticks are. He jumps that route beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely love that play. Wasn't uh, a great but, route. Was not a great route ran by Johnson, though. It, it was an amazing route, play by Porter. I mean, to still be able to have the wherewithal to know that that's probably coming and to jump it. Agreed, um, CJ. Agreed. You know, because that very easily could have been a double move, but he jumps it. it it's not a great route, but I mean, it's still, it's still a great play. The Woods pick is a good one because you got to come up over the top. Um, that one's a little on Duggan, though. You got to you got to throw that ball a little more to the outside, flatten that out a little bit. Hey, <laughs> you know what? That's your guy, though. You know. He thinks, hey, I'm going to throw this up, and that guy's going to make that play. And he obviously did not. Johnson didn't make the play. Great play by Woods there. Um, no, and, and he didn't. And sometimes I think and, – and you could kind of see that potentially coming because he's that guy you want to kind of throw it up to, that, that Calvin Johnson S because he is so tall and he can jump. He got away with a couple of them, like at Oklahoma, like the one touchdown – I mean, that's a 50-50 jump ball, but when you got a guy that tall, that athletic, sometimes you're just going to put it up there and hope he comes down with it. So, and yeah, Charles I, Woods, I think, Charles and I Woods think is the guy where, who came down with it. Right. Yeah. And, so, I mean, yeah, but, yeah, I'm with Zach. I mean, you got to give the corners and, just, you know, a ton of credit there. I mean, and that's Woods in there filling in for Nick Troy, who's, you know, who left the game with the injury. 
hopefully that, we yeah. hopefully we get him back so you know did did we ever get an official word on what was wrong Nah, I Other think than I heard both on him and Mesador who got hurt near the end of the game. It sounded to me like Brown pretty much was kind of non-committal on that one. He was saying they need to reevaluate after the swelling goes down and off after that pretty much. I mean, after they uh after the juice wears off from the game. So I don't think they've come out with anything official on them, but yeah, it'd be really nice to get both of them back <laughs> in short order, but what but you yeah, I mean, you got to give Woods a ton of credit. That's you know, that's, right. a, that's a big spot for him to step in for for a guy like Nick Troy and, and to come up with a big play there, especially you know, and to really kind of switch momentum over. Oh, that's, and, that's what I was going to say. Absolutely, he was did. playing great in in response to that injury. He he stepped up big time. He was one of my MVPs for the game, no doubt. Well, because you know, it's funny, Zach. You, you mentioned about him being MVP because I mean, that that was probably the the play of the game if you think about it, right? I mean. We just come off kind of having a drive that kind of stalls. Um, when well, we got Porter's, into TCU. And, yeah, and Porter's actually took points off the board because they were in field goal range. Well, that's true. I mean, that's a good point there as well. Um, Porter's took points off the board for them. But Woods actually sets us up and kind of in, you know, fourth quarter, we kind of stall. That's when Deggy makes probably his worst decisions of the game. The sack that, you know, he was engulfed by Bentley there. And then you throw the ball down into Sean Ryan when you should have done the dump down to Letty, the check down, you didn't get him. Then you kind of go behind Letty, you have to punt. Things are like, uh, what's going on here? The ball goes into the end zone. And that Doug throw, too, let me hit on that real quick. That throw yeah. that he threw behind Letty, he had Bryce Ford Wheaton wide open. Wide We're open. talking about the same play, five yeah. feet in front of Letty. <clears throat> you hit him on that, he might walk into the end zone, man. He had all the space in the world. He had tons of green grass to run in. And I don't know how you don't make that throw. I mean, you got two guys in the same area. I think you just kind of you make the read. You have one guy with a guy on him, one guy without one. I don't think it's that hard, right? Well, I mean, hey, let's, let's say this, Zach. The guy was twenty-one to twenty-eight on the day. Um, I'm not he being overly critical. I made one mistake. I mean, yeah, and I think sometimes too, you get a guy like Bryce Ford Wheaton. He comes that wide open. I think you're hesitant. Like, there's no way he's that. Like, I think there's that little hesitant. Like, there's no way he's well, that. It's wide not open. like he's thirty yards downfield though. He's five-ish yards in front of you. Yeah, true. But I, I just, you know, but you know, I mean. It, it, I'm kind think, of like it's kind of like we're nitpicking one play out of a guy who played really, really well. Yeah, I'd agree. And you know the thing about it is too, both those guys being in so close in the same area. I'm wondering if he kind of the looked at the rush and saw and then saw a guy open, and maybe instead of and maybe one of them was not in the right position on the play potentially. I don't know because they were very close together. Um, not that that's not a route combination you can't see, but just kind of interesting. Um, so I mean, you know, after that terrible terrible kind of series there um i mean that's that's rough right but the play by woods was phenomenal and he ends up you know get getting it down inside the 15 that next drive for us is you know a three play drive i mean we hand it to letty three times bangs it in you know we go for the two and we don't get it um i like that we went for the two even though we didn't get to the 30 there's zach you've been calling for all year um you know at that point in time in the game with 12.26 to go, I mean, I felt like we were well well on our way to uh, to getting a big W at that point in time. Yeah, for sure. That definitely got us the rest of the way, I think. Um, obviously, got to that touchdown and put us up 12. Um, but Woods, beyond that interception even, he had a nice TFL. He had the fumble recovery near the end. Um, he was just all over the place and – 
um, in lieu of fortune, he, he played very well. He showed that he could step up on the road in his first real extended action. I mean, he's getting more, he's gotten more and more playing time as the season's gone on, but he was, he was big. And I think that in a situation like that, where Duggan has been throwing the ball really well, he lit up Oklahoma last week and, you know, it's, it's a team that obviously is throwing the ball about as good as any team in the big 12, which is saying something. And with one of their, you know, receivers, Johnson being one of the best in the country, I don't know if necessarily he was on Johnson more often than Porter was. They were kind of splitting. I think they both kind of had the responsibility at times. But it's a game where you really don't want to lose a number one corner is what I'm trying to get at. And yeah. Stepped up in a big way. And I think that was one of the biggest things about our defense hey. that, that helped us show out and win that game. That is a huge sign because, yeah. man, we got to face a couple good, good pass catchers there next week in Charlie Kohler uh, and Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and um, you know as we're talking about defense, you know obviously you know still showed up in, in big mm. moments, but you know even Josh uh, Chandler, you there was a play in the first half where they get it out, you know the I think it was Evans there in the flat, and he's able with one hand to kind of slow him up and let the other guys come in, and it only ends up being a two yard gain, and what probably could have been what was set up to be a big one for them. Yeah. You know, he fought, through, he fought through the block and with one hand slows him down enough to let everybody else kind of get there and, and corral that play before it got really bad. Absolutely, CJ. And you know what's funny? We're talking a lot about the defense right now, right? And a couple injuries that we got a little concern on, especially Mesador. Um, Nick Troy, you know, I heard the announcing crew kind of talking about that and saying, you know, he, he kind of came back out on the sideline. Hopefully things will be all right there. Um but, I mean, we need those guys big time. But I want to talk about how the defense in the second half shuts them out. I mean, you even get the fu- you even get the fumble there at the end when Quentin Johnson kind of got a big play and Mahone, you know, popped it out and Woods got on it. And then, you know, you had the situation where it's kind of TCU's last kind of di- ditch effort and it's, you know, nine minutes to go in the game and they run a fourth and two and you literally stump it, stop it right up the middle. Zach Evans <clears> – <throat> And he literally on a fourth and two, you know, just absolutely blew that play up. Um, Zach Evans had no prayer. And, you know, then that's when we kind of took it and, and had a little bit of a drive going. Didn't get the field goal to go. But, man, really proud of this football team, the way they played on, on Saturday night. I do have one other thing, though, fellas, before we get to Iowa State. And that was told to me. And they said, hey, if you took out the Garrett Green run on Saturday night, we had 162 yards on 40 carries. Is that good enough? Probably not. Against a defense that's that's that bad, that's a sieve against the run, I'm not really impressed about that. And that's kind of one one way I felt about the game. Like, I was happy that we won, obviously, but I wasn't overly satisfied with particularly the offense. I mean, the defense held TCU to 10 points, and they've been been pretty hot offensively, especially having Evans back in the mix. So I was was – pretty satisfied with the defense but offensively I still felt like there was more left on the table than we could have had maybe that's just me being a little too greedy but I think that it was there against a defense that was you know coming in pretty rough a lot of injuries and we we exploited it but not as much as I feel like we could have or should have is that unfair I I mean Zach I kind of I kind of feel what you're coming from especially on the offense perspective we made some plays though and I think our defense being as good as it is allows our offense to kind of we, – we do play a limited possession game. Um, I would have liked to have seen maybe a little bit more, but I thought that was an interesting point that was brought up to me. I mean, 
if you take away the Garrett Green run, we only average. But, but then again, you're averaging four yards a carry, which I'll take that any day of the week. But against the defense that rough, I'd like to see a little more. Obviously, I'm, I may be getting a little greedy here, but like I said, at least we saw some improvement. You saw them bounce back after a rough stretch there before the bye week. They made some adjustments. The offensive line looked, I think, noticeably better. Like I mentioned, you know, the same five guys who started the game played every snap throughout the game. That's a good sign. I think they've got a group of guys with Milan being back from his dings and nicks here and there. I think he's starting to come into his own, hopefully, on the right side of that offensive line. But, you know, I want to keep seeing us progress. I don't want us to keep doing what we've been doing. I want us to try and expand this offense and get more effective, especially in the running game, because that's where it has to all start. Hey, hey Zach, on that note, I kind of want to – I think this is a good way to kind of close up this – on this ball game before we get to Iowa State. Final grades for the game for us um, on offense and defense. Uh, CJ, if you want to go first, because Zach's been deferring less here late. What do you think? <laughs> no, I'll, I'm fine with that. You're a little froggy. I like it, buddy. We, we, hey, you're, you, you know, you're getting into midseason form, man. No, I mean, I, I mean, overall, I mean, grade wise, um, you know, I, I my big grade was coming out of you know the effort and the intensity. Um, it was. I'd agree there. with you, CJ. I'd agree with um, you about that. It, it it was there. I I'm with you. I think maybe getting a little greedy, um, taking out you know the green run is that still enough? But I mean, it, it we've probably got what maybe if not the youngest offensive line in the Big Twelve. It it's in that conversation. They're starting to gel. You get the same five guys to start and end. You're starting to see the progression there. You know, it was good to see Mathis get, you know, 12 carries, take some of that off of Letty, um, kind of be in that, you know, 20 to 25 ranges, which is where they want him to be. Um, I thought overall, you know, they, they played well. Obviously, there's some plays left out there, you know, but the defense, you know, that that defense that showed up had been, you know, what has been there all year minus the Baylor game. Um, and sessions of the, T- the Texas Tech game. So I, overall, I come out, you know, grading, grading pretty high, mainly because of the passion and the fire. You know, they showed a want to be there. So what is the grade, CJ? Grade wise, <laughs> grade wise, I'd give grade wise, I'd give it a B plus. Okay, just because I do think we left some plays out there. Um, you know, um, as far as is in the, especially in the in the passing game, I thought there were a couple opportunities there. Um, run game maybe didn't block it quite the way Neil would want it, but no, I'd give it a B. They came out with heart. They came out with fire. fire. Um, but now it's know, down to most, a B. It was a B plus. Yeah, and for the most and, and for the most part, I felt like everybody did what they were supposed to do. Zach, what do you got, man? I was going to lean more toward a B, but I'll, I'll actually agree with CJ on B plus. And here's one reason why I get the little bump here from a B to a B plus. Here's something that we did. For the first time all season in seven games, not counting the LIU game, which I think goes without saying, this was the first game in which we scored a touchdown off of a turnover. Hey, I think that's big. That's progression. It is progression. That, that interception took us inside the red zone right off the bat, but you still got to finish it. You got to hey. score in the red zone. That's one thing that we've kind of been deficient at this season. All year. So, and you know what, Zach? Big. And we scored and that we within three plays. We didn't mess around on that either. Right. And, and and we didn't turn it over ourselves too, which is a big bonus. No doubt. 
Huge bonus. Um, guys, I'm going to go, and I'm going to say an A on this one, fellas, because the effort by the defense, yeah, the special teams wasn't great, but, man, we got it done, and that's all it, That's all you can ask for. Um, and you managed to score in all four quarters, which is something we've only done one other time. Do you all know what game that was, besides LIU, of course? Good question. Good question, Zach. I would imagine I would imagine Maryland. I was gonna say it's a game that you may not expect it to be, which is kind of a big hint. Oklahoma? Baylor. No. Baylor. <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Seven three three seven, which I would not have guessed until I looked it up myself, but that's the only other game that we scored besides LIU in all four quarters. Wow. That's well when he said it's a game you wouldn't expect, that's why I was like, there's no way it's Oklahoma. Doesn't feel like the right answer. CJ, we scored 13 points. How can you score in every quarter? Well, all we did was kick field goals. <laughs> math. The math didn't work out there, buddy. It is getting late. So let's uh let's talk real quick about the clones, man. Let's let's talk about this game. I mean, Iowa State coming off the big win there. If you want to air quote an upset of Oklahoma State, the number eighth ranked team. Um, big game, 24-21. I mean, they kind of did what they want to do, but I will say Oklahoma State kind of slowed down Brees Hall, which I think if we can slow down Brees Hall, I think our defense can do that. It does make things a little more difficult on Brock Purdy and the fellas there. A 2 o'clock kick, ESPN plus, CJ, you're going to have to make sure your internet's working down there. Me and Zach will be uh, in in the flesh in Milan Pushkar Stadium ready to rock and roll and be loud. My, my internet will be rolling. Ain't no worries there. Well, good deal, buddy. I, I hope it is. Um, we are a seven-point dog. Total 47 and a half. What's the initial thoughts here that we have about this football game? Well, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think if you can slow down Brees Hall, slow down that running game, which we've, you know, we've we've done fairly well at all year. You know, I think we've won games. Um, it, it can make – Iowa State, very one-dimensional. I think that's when, you know, Purdy really is open to mistakes when they're one-dimensional and he has to, you know, constantly throw the ball. Um, and it takes their play action out of things. I, that's going to be the big key is making them one-dimensional. And, and that's something we haven't been able to do really against Iowa State in the Neil Brown area, really for that matter, since before Brock Purdy showed up on campus there. And unfortunately, it is Brocktober. It's closing out the month. He has never lost a game in the month of October. I think it's about and, time he takes an L. Yeah, and can we cover the tight end for them? That'd be nice. <laughs> for the love of God, we need to cover the tight end. Zach, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, buddy? I think he hit it. If you can try and slow down Brees Hall, that's a massive, that's a massive boost. He scored a touchdown in 19 straight games. Hopefully, we can bring that to an end. But it's going to be tough. I mean – Obviously, our front seven has been playing pretty solid. Um, we we did a pretty decent job against the Horned Frogs in the run game, so I'm hoping we can carry that over. Yeah, we did. I mean, we held Evans to the season low, 62 yards, and he was the Big 12's leading rusher coming into that game. So that's that's a massive that's a massive boost. Hopefully, we can make that happen because I mean, there's really nobody beyond Brees Hall in that run game, which obviously you don't really need a whole lot else. He's about as good as it gets in the country. Um, so stopping him or even slowing him down is going to be no small task. Um, 
slowing down Xavier Hutchinson is going to be a huge, huge deal. I'd agree, Zach. I'm a little worried about him, especially if we don't know the health of Nick Troy Fortune. Right. If you if you don't have him healthy, you got to count on another big game from Woods, which, I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility, but it's it's going to be tough for him to guard a guy like Hutchinson. He's he's no slouch. And Kohler, like, uh, like CJ referenced, hopefully the linebackers and safeties can take care of him because he can get loose and – We've uh, we've seen what he can do against us just now, recently last season. The but one good thing, oh, go ahead, CJ. But I, I the one good thing on Kohler though is without the help of the other tight ends, he hasn't been as special this year as he was last year. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And but the thing is, you, you reference Hutchinson, and yeah, you, you know Nick Troy's status will be a, a big one. But the thing I loved is is is, and I wouldn't even have an issue if you see, you know, Porter on him. Um, and the reason being is, is I mean, he'd be giving up virtually the same amount of, of height that he did with with Johnson. But the way he battled him, it it kind of lends you to go, you know what? He's not scared to death of the big receivers. So, you know, corners are always going to be kind of at a little bit of a disadvantage there. But I like the way, especially Woods and Porter, both battled taller wide receivers and just were not, you know. They hand fought him all day, and that you, you love to see that at a corners who just aren't scared to death to try and make a play. And so, I you know, I'd love to have Nick Troy back, but at the same time, with the way Woods and Porter played in Fort Worth, you got to feel kind of good about it at the same time. I mean, hey, the, the, the progression was definitely there for those two guys. Hutchinson, though, man, he's been special this season. Oh, yeah, he, he's an NFL wideout, there's no doubt. Zach, who who scares you more, Hutchinson or Brees Hall? Probably Hutchinson, only because I don't know if we have anybody that can really match up with him. I think our front seven can at least have a chance to slow down Hall, at least to a certain degree. But even as well as Porter and Woods played against TCU, this guy's a different deal. Purdy is obviously uh, probably a little more refined, a little more experienced and polished than uh, Max Duggan. So. It'll uh it'll be a tough one, but hopefully they hey, up. You know what? Hey, and CJ, I want to I want to hear your rebuttal on this because I know you've been kind of down on Brock Purdy this year. What's your thoughts on what you've seen of him, and do you think he is a little more refined than Duggan? Yeah, I think he's more refined in the passing game than Duggan is. Um, you know, as, as far as as far as a pure thrower of the ball, um, he's I would definitely put him above Duggan in that regard. Um. Yeah, like I said, it's just there's been a little bit for me. It's with with Purdy. It's been kind of a head scratcher because in 2019, you know, he was, you know, almost 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns and nine picks. Then in 2020, I get it. It was kind of a funky year, but it was 19 and nine. This year, it's 11 and four touchdown interceptions. The completion percentage is higher, but the yards don't really accumulate to show that. It, it, it almost kind of seems like he hasn't quite it, – it, I don't want to say he peaked as a sophomore, but it almost started to feel that way. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I, 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 when I watch Brock Purdy, I still feel like he's in control of that offense, um, and I think that's huge. Um, and some, and, they, and they've lost some talent around him. I, I, I'm very understanding about that, and, I'm, <clears throat> and I think the kid plays at the next level. It's just – I don't know. It just like it seemed like he was ready to just to be the quarterback in the conference, and it doesn't seem like he's quite grabbed that mantle. 
Yeah, that's, but I think some of it's that offense, and that's kind of how they they always are going to do things there under under Matt Campbell. Guys, I kind of want to talk about the Iowa State mindset coming into this game, right? And I think it's it's intriguing because they just get the big win at home. They're five and two. They're starting to kind of feel like, all right, this is what we were hoping to be this year. We're starting to get it together. Although they do have a game with Texas next week, and that's a look-ahead spot, I feel like. Um, although, do we think Matt Campbell's crew will have that look-ahead spot because they are kind of in a tunnel vision. We can't lose games because we dug ourselves a whole situation after the Baylor loss. I kind of like to see which way we think we're going there and what what are we going to get from Iowa State on Saturday. I would probably expect the Matt Campbell coach team to probably fall in the latter scenario what you just described they're probably more singularly focused on one week at a time because they really like you said they can't afford to drop anymore if they want to have any chance of the aspirations they set for themselves coming into the season so i i would think you probably won't let them get too far ahead of their skis uh, you know yeah I mean, I, it is texas though i mean that's a different animal it is but i don't i i would maybe agree with it being a look ahead spot if texas was ahead of them in the standings you know but you know, they're three and one, which is <clears throat> a little bit of a log jam. You've got I Oklahoma see. State at three and one, who they've already beaten. Baylor, who's three and one, who beat them. You can't afford to overlook West Virginia because it's not like you're still undefeated in the conference. You're you're still needing a little bit of help. Can't afford another L. And Matt Campbell, I don't think is going to have. And I understand it's Texas is a different animal, but I just don't see a Matt Campbell team looking ahead to a team that's behind them. Hey, Phil, I do want to ask this question, though, about Matt Campbell. I think he's a great coach, right? But do you think he gets a little bit too much love because of no. how bad Iowa State was prior to him being there? I think that love is deserved for that very reason. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. I, I think he – I think he did a, he's done a fantastic job um, with that program. Uh, the fact they've been able to keep him when some of the other big jobs have opened is has been kind of impressive. So, no, I, I think the love he gets is extremely well-deserved. Well, and, and, and not trying to say that it's not deserved. I just – there's something, though – I feel like everyone kind of puts him on this pedestal in the conference, right? I don't think he coaches circles around anybody else. I think he has a good plan. And I think his players play hard, and they've come from nowhere to, to build themselves to something. But I don't necessarily well, think that they are there. There's some he has some magic elixir that nobody else has. And I do want to bring this up real quick, fellas, though, because I think it is worth mentioning. Um, I do agree with you the singular focus about about the Iowa State team and everything like that. I would have felt better about this game for our perspective had Iowa State maybe only lost that game to Iowa or maybe they didn't lose either one of these games, and then we would have really kind of had them maybe looking ahead to Texas and Oklahoma coming down the stretch. Um, I don't know. I, it, it is it is a weird spot for us, though, playing them because it is Texas before, but now Iowa State is definitely kind of locked and loaded, it feels like, every week, and it's the final week of Brocktober. Yeah, I'm – I'm with you. And, and that thing on, on Matt Campbell, I can understand where you get that is maybe he's a little bit too much on a pedestal. But the other thing for me in looking at it is, and you guys are going to kill me for this, but that's fine. He, he kind of has a, <clears throat> a Bob Huggins-esque feel to him, right? He doesn't go after the big names. He gets guys that fit what he wants to do. Who 
guys that maybe other people don't really know. And he gets a lot of those twos, you know, gets a lot of those three, maybe a couple of four stars, and he develops them. That's and he, interesting. And he runs DJ. his program the way he wants to run it. it. It has that, you know, like Bob does in basketball, where he goes out and gets guys that fits what he wants to do, uh, not not bringing in guys and hoping they fit. I want to add one other thing to that, and then I want to hear what Zach has to say. Another similarity there, Ohio, small town Ohio uh, college is where they got their starts. Mount Union for Matt Campbell. And uh, Walsh for hugs. Maybe there's something to that, kind of how they like to build and bread the programs. Although, CJ, nothing alike in demeanor, though, buddy. Or oh, no, absolutely either. nothing like in demeanor. Yeah. <laughs> so, and by the way, fellas, I got to tell you all this. I know you all saw it. Came out a winner there Saturday night with that sweet hugs uh, autograph painting. Um, winning that and the game made the guys line out just even more phenomenal. No yeah, doubt. All for charity. Sweet. Oh, yeah, and it was for charity, absolutely. But, Zach, I want to hear what you have to say, though, about, about that Hugs uh, comparison to, to Matt Campbell. I think it's fair in the regard that CJ described it. I mean, that's one reason I think that Campbell does deserve the credit that he gets because Iowa State, historically even, is not a powerful program. If to my knowledge, they have <laughs> historically no, not at all. They have no history whatsoever as far as that's concerned. He, is, he has made the history that they have. And that's no small task by any means. He Which is still made, limited, though. But even still, to get them to this point, to where they even had respect coming into the season as a top-10 preseason team, obviously that hasn't transpired the way they hoped it would. But even still, to get that respect, to garner that preseason notoriety, to be a name that people recognize at this point, I mean, that's 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 an accomplishment. And he's, he's still you know got the rest of the season to try and – Wrap things up in the Brock Purdy era if he decides to move on after the season. And five star culture, exactly. See, and that's, and that's CJ, that is the exact reason why I do think next week is a look ahead spot for Iowa State because that the Texas game, there's something about that in that locker room for Iowa State against Texas, like a chip on your shoulder. It's just different. I really do believe that. Yeah, and they've and they've got some kids that are from you know, those areas that didn't get looks. I mean, even Brock Purdy, he's from Arizona. You know, Texas does recruit that area pretty hard. And I, I think some of those kids get a little little, little ticked off. They don't, you know, maybe get that, that phone call yeah. recruiting. Uh, you might have a point there. I, just, I feel like where they are in the season and the expectations they had, um, I, I, I just – I'd find it very hard for them to come in and be looking ahead and come out super – Super flat. I'd agree. And you know what else, too, real quick here, fellas? And I think this is something to think about here. Um, it's They have a lot of leadership on the defensive side of the football. We haven't even talked about that yet for them. I mean, you think about it. Xavier McDonald, third in the country in sacks. Greg is just a, an absolute just smart and a, a big-time hitter back there at safety. And then Mike Rose just controls that whole defense. I mean – They've got a lot of good players on that defense. They only give up 17 points a game. We're going to see pads popping Saturday in Morgantown because our defense is no slouch either. Yeah, and they only give up 99 yards a game running, which for us is going to be hugely key. Um, you got to find a way to, to start to, to pop some runs on them to, to kind of release everything else that Neil wants to do. You almost have to use some jet sweeps and some outside zones, I would imagine, to try 
try yeah, your best to pop some you, stuff on the outside. Yeah, and I, but I think running sideline to sideline for them is going to be a little difficult too. I mean, they are quick too, so that's that's going to be the other thing too. Is 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 they don't you know they're stout in the middle, but I mean they they fly around to the football. Well, and they also run a weird defense compared to the rest of the conference. That'll be interesting to see. We haven't figured that out since probably Will Greer still running around there in in, uh, in Ames, you know, on a Saturday night about four years ago. Ugh. We're really going to bring that game up? Well, it had to be done, CJ. I'm sorry. Oh. It's, not, it's, it's no worse than bringing up last year. Yeah, it's true. Good point. Hey, and hopefully this will happen too, fellas. Hopefully we don't see our starting quarterback leave the game in, like, the first series like it happened in Neil's other um, home game there with Iowa State when Jack the Ripper Allison had to take it over from Austin Kendall, and we stood no chance that day. Although we played them well, though, into the fourth quarter, if you guys remember. Yeah, I do remember that one, yeah. I've kind of put past Iowa State games out of my mind here recently anyway. Yeah, the, 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 the year one there for Neil at home, even with Allison at quarterback, we were hanging around to the fourth, and then they, they got a nice little benefit on a call, and then they finished off a couple drives, and we just had no offense that night. No, I understand. I understand why you put them put them in the back burner, Zach, and and try to not remember them. You say no offense as it pertains to the Neil Brown team. I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised you would say that. Oh, Zach, that's a that's an unfair pot <laughs> shot there, buddy. I especially when it. you had especially when you had Jack Allison. I know. Uh, in 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 the cupboard as bare as it has been. Uh, Fellas, we we got anything else we kind of want to hit on here for this? Um, I do. Real quickly, Zach, want to hear your thoughts on the game day attire. Are we going polo boys again? Are you off of that because of the loss? Yep. It is going to be a little chilly Saturday up there. Nope. Polos are dead. <laughs> All right. You feel free. That's, Get you a long sleever. To each to each their own. No, this is a quarter zip. This is a quarter zip game. Okay. I can get behind that. I, or, might, or, I might rock one of those. Or a crew neck, depending on what it is. It's supposed to be kind of a potential for rain. I think they've got about a 40% chance in Morgantown. High of 55, low of 48. I am excited for the 2 p.m. kick, though. I know some people want it to be a little later, but it kind of is a nice little setup for the day, right? You, you don't have to be up there at the crack of dawn. You get in, you get your tailgating in, you enjoy it, and then you get to get home, you know, maybe get some dinner and, and still be home in time to watch the World Series, Zach, on Saturday night, which I know you're just pumped to do. Um, I'm salivating over it. You should be, by the way. It's going to be hey, good. I'll, I'll catch some action. The Strohs and the Braves. I'd love to see the Braves get there first in over 20 years. That'd be pretty sick. It would be. But uh, so hey, I, I feel you, you know, gonna, gonna rock, gonna rock the crew neck. CJ, we know you have the internet geared up. Um, Absolutely. I, We've, I, I'm busting out the old, old school uh, Tavon jersey too so we're oh, all, okay okay the uh the the cold jerseys that they wore when dana was well that might have been like right, right before dana that that was actually coach Stu. that yeah, was Stu. yeah the the uh the, the nike cole inspired jerseys I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go old school this weekend i like it buddy so um anything else before we get to the predictions garrett green bring him out bring him out <laughs> bring him out bring him out bring him out <laughs> And Zach, you're going to, need to see some basketball Friday night. I'm kind of jealous of you, buddy. Let's take down the zips, <laughs> wrap it up, and zip them up. 
we're, we're, we're going to see a lot of everybody. And if we don't win, I don't think Hugs will be too distraught. Although, you know, Hugs, he doesn't want to lose in checkers. So I think we'll, uh, I think we'll be pretty, pretty well taken hey, care of in that game. I'll tell you this. Watch out for old Eddie Cheezak. Uh, he, um, watch him play in the opener there of the season of the COVID, uh, rec tournament year. And he's, he's pretty good. If he's still around there, man, watch out for him. Um, the Zips aren't a bad basketball team. <laughs> Akron, uh, alma mater of Nitro Zone, Brett McClanahan. That's, that is true. And you know who else coached at Akron? We, we know who coached at Akron for a little while. I the Bear himself. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, CJ, you got anything there before we get to the predictions? Um, over under the number of times Huggins says we just have to shoot the basketball this year. I'm putting it at 45. You got to make extremely low. Make, I'll take the over. Got to make day. shots. I'm and I'm and I'm Got to put the basketball in the basket. Because every year he comes out and goes, "Well, we can shoot the ball," and then we go through stretches where we don't look like we could throw it in the ocean from the boardwalk. I'd have got to it. hope that that won't be the case this year. I would got have it. to hope. Hey, it's here. It is, CJ. <laughs> got to make got to make shots, Tony. Just got to make shots. <laughs> got to make shots. Do what we do. Um, <laughs> so, so predictions here. Uh, who wants Who wants to lead us off? Mm, I'm still not sure. I'm, so, uh, not, I'm not. I'm not sure what I want to say here because I'm. I'm leaning in a way I don't feel comfortable leaning. Well, hey, CJ, you go ahead. Let let Zach defer it, and then you can go, and then we'll see if he changes his mind. Okay. Um, Peer pressure yeah. me, please. Yeah, I, I love. Uh, I love the two p.m. kickoff. Um, I expect the fans to be fired up, especially coming off a win. Um, Probably maybe see him a little bit more of or of Garrett Green this week. Uh, like that'll like it's all depend on practicing. Um, I'm going to say the Mountaineers find a way uh, to run the ball. The offensive line continues to take a step. Um, defense is going to come out. Um, I think that Baylor game was an anomaly. I think they want to continue to prove that. Um, and I I I I really hate to say this, but I really feel good about this team going into this weekend. I think they find a way to pull out a win. You hate to say it. <laughs> it just well, the reason I do is is because it's like it, it feels like that, you know, Iowa State's probably the better team. Probably. Well, I mean they, they they're the better team, better quarterback. But I love the mindset this team has shown coming out of the bye week. So, give me the Mountaineers. We're not going to get to 30. Sorry, Zach. Just, I just I don't think that's going to be the case. It's going to be a very defensive game. Give me the Mountaineers 24-19. Hmm. Oh, maybe potentially another score origami there, CJ. Yeah. I thought exactly. Yeah. Well, so you Zach, know, I, I like numbers too. So, yeah. What, what, what do you, what do you got there, Zach? Did he peer pressure you? Unfortunately, not. <laughs> I, uh, I hope that I'm wrong about this. I hope that I fan jinx it, especially because we're going to be there. But I'm just finding it hard to, even with the bounce back off the bye week, getting the dub against the Horn Frogs, the Horny Toads. Um, I just don't know if we have enough to get a dub here. 
it makes me think that it'll be a good game. It'll be a better game than it would have been based on what we were putting out there before the bye week. I think it'll it'll be a tight one. You know, Iowa State's just on fire right now. I'm not really sure if we have exactly what it takes to to catch them here, even in Morgantown. But it being in Morgantown definitely gives us a chance. Um, at the end of the day, I'm going to say Iowa State takes it 27 to 24. Oh, well, we cover. And we hit the over, like Blaine wanted. Yeah. So, there you go. Hey, well, Zach, man, I, I kind of understand where you're coming from, right? Attack of the clones. The attack of the, the attack of the clones. Um, oh man, and and these are not these are not as much fun as uh you know, the Star Wars variety there. These you know the, this maroon and and gold bunch from Ames, man. They're a tough team. There's no question about it. Uh, Campbell, like we said, I, I'm I'm intrigued by what their mindset is in this game. Are they are they kind of peeking to Texas a little bit? I think it's possible. You got to travel cross country, come out to Morgantown. Not necessarily easy, you know. Spook spook weekend here in Halloween. I think I think if we're the team that plays clean, which I think we can, I think we have a great opportunity to win this game, guys. I feel like they're due to have one more slip up, um, and it could be Saturday. It really could be. The only problem is, is that our ability to run the football makes me nervous against Iowa State and their ability to shut down the run. So much leadership on that defensive side. In the end, though, I do think our defense will continue this time to make a couple plays. And I think the crowd will propel us to this thing. I think we're going to stay under in the end. I think we're going to get this thing done. A sneak under that hook in the under. 27-20, West Virginia gets it done. Um, on Saturday, fellas, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be so interested to see what uniforms we come with. I hope that we go old school, blue helmets, blue jerseys, gold pants, and go OG just like we, like we did against TCU and, uh, and uh, get to forward and, forward. and, uh, and show that we're the climb is not that far away and then, and then get really revved up for, uh, for this Oklahoma State game coming in the next week. If you could have told me three weeks ago you could be five and four with two wins over top 20 teams, would anybody have thought that was a possibility before the TCU game? Hell no, they wouldn't have. But I think we've got a shot to do it. Defense is coming on at the right time. Let's go. Say why not, you know? I'm all for it. I hope you're right. I hate being negative. I really – it doesn't suit me. I know it doesn't, and it, Zach, you, you know how hard it was for me just now to pick us in this thing, it, because Iowa State is is a phenomenal team, and I think the bounce back part against us is tough. But I do really like where we're at, and I do think that we're due to win a big game at home. I sure hope so. The last time we were at a game at home, not that fun. So I like I'd like to have a bounce back. Absolutely. Hey, if we bring like if we bring the energy we brought the last three quarters against Texas Tech, you know, in this game for four quarters, I think we got a really great chance. And if not, everyone will be ready for basketball season. Yeah. So, till next time, y'all. Play the damn song. Let's go Mountaineers. Let's go drink some beers, and we will hopefully 
be coming back with another victory pod. And uh, I'm not going to charge these guys to go to therapy. Till next time, y'all. Take it easy. Oh, yeah. West Virginia.